Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yes, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in on SEN 1170 AM Sydney, across the SEN network via the app as well. Our weather forecast for Sydney, a shower or two today, but still warm. Tops of 27 for the city, 29 in our west, and a few showers for the rest of the week. It's a busy one, this Tuesday one, but we will be filling the void. So keep that in the back of your mind for just a few minutes while I run you through what's happening and what's going to happen this morning because we are standing by in cricket for a press conference this morning at the MCG to be held by Aaron Finch. So this will come in the next hour and a half. The only thing we know is that Finch is going to hold a press conference. So let's put two and two together and say that he's going to retire from cricket this morning. Uh, He's already stepped away from one day international cricket. We know that. And he's made his mark in the commentary box. We know that. So I think the future's pretty secure. 36 years of age, 102 BBL matches behind him, 146 one-day internationals and just about as many T20 internationals, five test matches as well. So we'll stand by for that and we'll take you there as soon as that happens. But Finchie's a very big name in the world of Australian cricket and he'll be More than likely stepping down today. Stephen O'Keefe will join me this morning, so we'll cover that with Socky Boy. Plus, we'll get a preview of what's unfolding in India ahead of the first test, the Border Gavaskar Trophy over there in Nagpur, which you'll hear right here on SEN. So Socky coming up this morning in NRL. More one-year deals are on the table while the CBA continues to be thrashed out. So Adam Dewey's the latest one, weighing up a one-year extension beyond this year at the West Tigers. These things happen all the time. But they appear to be happening more and more often while there's no collective bargaining agreement. Um, Not the first time we've posed this question. Would that one-year deal look like a two-year deal? What happens if there is a deal on the table for the players? If it's all locked in, it's it's limbo land. Meanwhile, the All-Stars match, with all the headlines that were generated from Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten across the weekend... Now we start to focus on the match itself in Rotorua. But former Warriors coach Tony Kemp says it's becoming a reserve grade match and it's in his backyard. And he's very, very passionate about this match. He questions the real reasons why players are pulling out. Remember last week when the first card fell, which was Josh Adokar, he said, look, I need to be right for the season. They've just had a World Cup. They have three buys this year. So there is ample opportunity, you've got to say, or more opportunity to provide an All-Stars match scheduling somewhere else and back to the CBA again. So Kempe's questioning that as to whether these are the real reasons as to why players are pulling out. And Big Nelson got bitten by his dog. He's not going to play. There's a whole stack of them, uh, 10 of the Maori First choices aren't going to be there. So it's pretty strong uh, stuff from Tony Kemp. So we'll get him on the line and see if we can dig a little bit deeper into that one. In the world of football, Manchester City is in a world of trouble in world football. 
So they've been charged with more than 100 alleged financial breaches between the 2009-10 season and the 2017-18 season. More than 100 alleged financial breaches. So they basically revolve around falsifying income details, sponsorship details. You bring in a certain amount of sponsorship money, you're allowed to spend that sponsorship money. So that's one thing. Cashed up, we know that, to the eyeballs and beyond. But how much they've been spending versus how much they've been saying they've been getting and how they've been doing that spending from 2009 right through to 2018, that's a long time. And there's a lot of money at stake here and it's big, big time news in the world of football. Plus, failing to cooperate with the investigators. Now, if you've got nothing to hide, you don't have any problem cooperating with investigators. So clearly they don't want to open their books and those that are doing this investigation have decided to go all in on this. So what happens next? Well, they could face a range of sanctions, points deduction, fines, even expulsion from the EPL. Uh, The last, highly unlikely. Fines, highly likely. Points deduction, maybe. So look at it from that perspective. The one that's most likely is the one that won't bother them at all because the most likely outcome is fines. We're going to slap you $100 million. (gasps) You reckon they're going to sneeze at that? You pick $100 million out of your back pocket. If they can move around that kind of money on paper and say it's not coming from here but it maybe came from there, I mean, this is big-time stuff. So what happens next? If they're really guilty of all of this stuff, kick them out. Take the titles off them. Expel them from the league. If they're guilty of all of this stuff, go your hardest. If you're going to go your hardest in fining, you may as well not have bothered at all. If Manchester City are guilty, boot them out. Don't stuff around with fines because all you're doing is taking pocket money out of the back of those that drown in that kind of money. It ain't going to make a dent. We'll cover that with Simon Hill. Ironically, Man City's his team, as you well know. Horse racing, here's one that we've discussed quite a few times on this program, and I've got a few insights into this, and I've shared them with you, but Glenn Boss, when the boss speaks, you've got to listen. And at the launch of the All-Star Mile yesterday, he just threw this little nugget out there, and I love the fact that Bossy isn't afraid to say what he thinks after his stellar career. Have a listen to this. Could you imagine on a Saturday afternoon, night time, the last race, the Cox Plate, you have a concert afternoon, you have fireworks, you know, it, it, it let it go out in a big bang. Boom! There you go. Finally, somebody said it. The whole shebang. Underlights, fireworks, concert, everything you want. At night, horse racing. He also alluded to the Melbourne Cup there, but he's talking about the Cox Plate. Now, Mooney Valley can do night racing and they do it throughout the season, but the Cox Plate's the big one. So there's a whole stack of reasons why. And by the way, fireworks, believe me, folks, I've put that. <laughs> I've put that to horse racing in a previous life because it's an unreal idea, but horses and fireworks don't mix, right? <laughs> Even after they've been racing because they're still hanging around the stables. You scare the bejesus out of them. It's not good for them. So you have to look for other ways. But Bossy's talking about the entertainment factor here of horse racing because when you think about it, horse racing is probably the last bastion 
for a major sport in Australia that is essentially stuck in the daylight hours. AFL's already toyed with the night grand final. They'll eventually get there. NRL's already there. Tennis is played at night. Sport under lights is a proven winner. But horse racing can't get its head around it because of a whole stack of reasons. One of the big reasons is you've got to put lights at the joint, right? Big, big place. Let's say Flemington, for instance. Let's put it to the Melbourne Cup. Flemington, put the lights there. Let me go back to the money situation at Manchester City. The VRC is so loaded they could put lights there tomorrow, right? Financially, they could put lights there tomorrow, no problems. But there are residents around the Flemington track. You've got to deal with them. So it's not as easy as saying, let's just flick on the lights, let's get the fireworks going, but it's a damn good idea. And you wonder if horse racing being the last bastion for a major sport that really needs to jump into the nighttime space, how do they get there? Can you imagine the Everest at night? Can you imagine that? You're guided by the network that you're with and what time they've got their news. So seven with the Everest, you want it leading into the six o'clock news. Melbourne Cup with Channel 10, you want it leading into the five o'clock news. But nighttime's the space to be. Give me your thoughts on that. Are you with Bossy on that? Would you prefer to see more horse racing and the big feature races, the big key ones, move them tonight? Because if the compelling argument's there from the fans who want it, It'll end up happening. And in my opinion, it'll end up happening anyway. 0457 736 736 is the text line or 1300 01 1170 is the open line. In basketball, I'll have a chat with Jeremy Lowlinger, the NBL commissioner, who's got a fairly busy week ahead. <laughs> He's got the NBL awards tonight. MVP, the Andrew Gaze MVP nominees, Xavier Cooks from the Kings, Mitch Creek from the Phoenix and Bryce Cotton from the Wildcats. So three amazing players, and there are those that could well and truly be on that list as well. So it shows you the strength of the kind of talent that we've got in the NBL. And I'll also chat to Jeremy from his position, high up as the commissioner. You've got all these scouts around. So we've spoken to coaches about this. We've spoken to players about this. What does the boss think about it when the NBA's here and they want to take your players away? Because it's the, it's the double whammy. It means that you're doing the right job, but it means that you're going to lose some of that talent. And those on the MVP list tonight are certainly in that. And then there's the play-in tournament. Do you like this one? So instead of playoffs, we've got a play-in tournament. And basically what it's doing is allowing fifth and sixth to be part of the action here. So on Thursday night, fifth will play sixth. The Phoenix against the Wildcats. The winner of that continues on. The loser's gone. Then, on the double-header night, third will play fourth. So the winner of that continues on. The loser of that plays either fifth or sixth. So essentially, we could have the situation, and correct me if I'm wrong, where third place could lose on Thursday night and then play sixth place, who may have won earlier, and get knocked out. The third-place finisher could get knocked out by the sixth-placed finisher before the finals proper start. It's all part of the scenario that NBL is throwing up as of this year. Now, our talking point today off the back of that is filling the void. Which sport could step up and fill the void in between that traditional finish of the NRL and then we go through cricket and then footy starts again? So filling the void in that summer area there of the world of sport 
So here are the facts and figures. It's been 128 days since the NRL season finished on October the 2nd. 128 days. Now, normally, there's a pretty big fall-off between your winter sports finishing and your winter sports starting again. But think of what we've had, folks. You ready? You, you, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make your eyes go square if they already haven't because this is the amount of time that you've spent in front of the box or out there at venues and what you've been watching. To name a few, and I dare say that we've missed a few. So since the season finished on October the 2nd until this day right now, we're looking at Rugby League World Cups covering about 35, 40 days. FIFA World Cup covering about 30 days. T20 World Cup covering about 30 days. The Spring Racing Carnival plus your Everest. So let's just call that four days of the Spring Racing Carnival and then the Everest here and the other uh, great races around it. So let's just say there's seven days there. Then we had the Test Series, Australia v West Indies, Australia v South Africa. So that covers about 39, 40 days. Australian Open Tennis. That's just the Australian Open, not the summer of tennis. The Australian Open, 14 days. And then the BBL season, which is finally done and dusted, 54 days of activity between the season starting and the season finishing. So that 128 days since the NRL Grand Final, if we just add up those, there's been at least 208 days of premium sport wedged in since, at least. Some of those are crossing over, obviously. In between all that, you've got to say that the NBL and the A-League in Australia have been left carrying the domestic can. The NBL flying this season. They've gone from pretty much when footy stopped till they'll go to mid-March. The A-League started the week after the NRL Grand Final and it'll go to June with a mid-season break factored in there for the World Cup. In the last week, there's been a bit of a void there's actually been a void because from Saturday night when the BBL finished, aside from NBL and A-League, we've got to wait till Thursday when the test starts again in India and the NRL preseason starts. Holy cow, we've got a five-day void, folks. We're so used to so much sport being jammed down our throats and we love it. So it begs the question, what more could your NBL or A-League do to cash in on this limited vacant space? My opinion, NBL's flying. A-League, got a lot of work to do. So what more could those two sports in particular do to cash in on that limited vacant space and fill the void that is currently there? Even though it's a small one now, it's only a five-dayer before footy starts essentially again and the test cricket gets underway in India. And what about other sports? Which sport could step up? And how do you do it? Motorsport. Had the Bathurst 12-hour across the weekend. Did that generate? In motorsport land, it did. They had a great crowd out there and good coverage across Seven and Fox. But did it really cash in on that space? Not filled a little bit of a space that was open. What about golf? I mean, we have our traditional golf start to the summer, but perhaps Live Golf, for instance, could look at cashing in, filling that void there. What's swimming doing? Where on earth is swimming going? Lack of sponsors, they'll wait until the time opens up for them to do their trials for the next major meets ahead of them, and they'll normally come around March, April. Swimming's a summer sport. Then you've got surf lifesaving, all that kind of stuff. So what other sports could step up and how could they do it? And what more do you think could the two domestic can carriers 
in the NBL and the A-League do to cash in on that limited vacant space? 0457 736 736 is the text line. Or give me a call this morning. one 1170 is the open line. And what about horse racing? Would you like to see your Cox Plate go to completely under lights? Are you on board with Bossy on this one? Is it time to just move the Melbourne Cup from 3 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon because it's always been at 3 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon? or for a long time it has been, or do you just bite the bullet, put the lights in, and make it the big show? Because that's what they all want. Let me know your opinions this morning. We've got plenty to talk about and plenty of guests coming up. Tony Kemp will join us after the news. Don't forget, we're standing by for a press conference this morning from the MCG. You'll hear all of that right here on SEN. Socky as well. So a big one on this Tuesday morning right here on SEN 0457 736 736. Your texts and calls after this.